This is exactly right. It's a Minnesota. We got a Minnesota. 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 Let's get into it. Bananimals, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, buying pint glasses and tumblers and snow hats and everything else on our merch uh, on Podswag. You're the coolest. We appreciate it. Uh, we have some of your stories for this Minnesota, and they yes. are. I got a. I got a real doozy. Well, are you ready good. for me to get into it? Yes, my mic stand. I mean, first off, how are you? You're in a special place. I drove up to Lake Tahoe. I'm at a. I have a lot of writing to get done this week. I have to finish a pilot and I have to finish a movie in the same week, which is always fun. And I'm working on an NBC game show. So uh, I said, I'm out of here. I rented this place. I have a view of Lake Tahoe. It's very beautiful. (laughs) It's going to snow 18 inches tonight. Um, that's amazing i did not plan for and then also i discovered something um that i've never seen before to open this airbnb i had to uh unplug an electric fence on the doors and windows because the black bears have figured out how to open doors and push like door handles so you have to have these electric coils that are plugged into the house not like battery like zappers and uh, the whole, all the lower level windows and doors have an electric fence on them. <laughs> it's crazy. Holy shit, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, man, then, maybe you'll see a bear. Oh, I guess uh, they're hibernating already. I want to throw so. food in the backyard, but then that'll lead to me getting murdered. So I'm not going to do it, but um, I picked yeah. an animal story. But I want to hear your banana story first. All right. This is, this one's, I'm so excited about it. So this is, comes from our, our bananimal Randy. Faucho or Love it. Fucku? Okay. Uh, it's Either way. F-A-U-C-H-E-U-X. Tough man. Uh, it's a great name. My wife yeah. suggested I send this personal banana story. In 2014, <laughs> I was dating a published poet who had Ooh. been invited to Oxford. Ooh. Jewel. Probably Jewel. Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> right off the bat. I love that. He gets us with that one. Had been a, a poet who had been invited to Oxford, Mississippi, <laughs> for a reading at a pretty big deal event. Living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at the time, we made the relatively short drive up and enjoyed a fun little weekend getaway. Yes. She did her writing over musical landscapes that I created. Sounds fucking awesome. Okay. And the audience response was surprisingly great. So needless to say, we raged pretty hard that night, uh, or as hard as you can rage in a city where bars close at 1 a.m. We get it. The next morning, as we were preparing to make the drive back to Baton Rouge, we learned that the roadside attraction known as Graceland 2 in Holly Springs, Mississippi, was only about 30 minutes out of our way. Got to do it. If you're not familiar with Graceland 2... It was the home of a man named Paul McLeod. Okay. That he had turned into a 24-hour Elvis museum. Oh. That was all I knew beforehand. Who wouldn't need uh, that? Who wouldn't need that? Yep. Who wouldn't need that? You need to be able to go there at four in the morning. <laughs> so... We route ourselves to the address and arrive to a half-painted clusterfuck of a house. Yes. 
that was clearly attempting to look like the real Graceland. Yes. Um, we knocked on the door, waited for an answer, mm-hmm. knocked a few more times, and when we still got no answer, we decided to check out the town's Bureau of Tourism, which I'm pretty sure only existed for Graceland, yes, too, exactly. uh, to see if they had closed or something. The friendly ladies who worked there assured us that it was very much open and that we needed to knock loudly and yell Paul's name. <laughs> <laughs> they said he was probably asleep, but that he was perfectly fine with being woken up at whatever time. Oh, my God. So we went back and heeded their advice. While waiting, a friendly British couple appeared behind us. They were doing a southern U.S. vacation in right. somehow Graceland, too. Uh-huh. Ended up on their long to-do list. After several minutes of banging and yelling, the door finally opens. An older man with very unkempt looking hair and dentures that wouldn't stay oh, in no. stood in the doorway and told us we were about to have the best damn tour you'll ever have <laughs> in your life. <laughs> this is amazing. I love this already. This is amazing. Sounded exciting. The house smelled like piss and mold. Paul rambled on and on inanely about Elvis while parading us through this hoarder piles of unspectacular Elvis memorabilia. If our attention noticeably wandered, he would yell, you, and sometimes poke (laughs) us very firmly with his fingers. It was hot and stuffy and awful smelling in there, and nothing he said made any sense. We were hungover as fuck, and we're starting to feel trapped, and perhaps as though we were losing our minds. At one point, he pulled out a giant storage bag of women's underwear and told us that it was from all the college girls that frequented the place. What? Turns out this might have actually been true, question mark. Okay. Uh, he also told us how he drank a 24-pack of Coca-Cola a day because it kept him horny. Nice. Uh, I assume this was true, too, based on his lack of teeth and frequent allusions to sex that I'm sure he wasn't having. Yes. About an hour and a half mm. in, the four of us all noticeably bored. An hour and a half in. Yes. All of us noticeably bored and irritated and claustrophobic. The British man spoke up that they had somewhere to be, and we quickly chimed in, us too. He begged us to stay a little longer. What? And when we hesitated, he said, let me just show you one more thing. So we agreed. I mean, this story just has This is so good. I love this story. Yeah. He reaches into a drawer and pulls out a shiny and rather large, you guessed it, revolver. Uh, keep in mind that Mr. McLeod could barely form a coherent sentence and judging by the dilapidated state of his house, his mind was probably not in an entirely dissimilar state. He shows us that the gun is indeed loaded and starts waving it around all willy nilly while telling us some (laughs) inane and far fetched story. At this point, me and the then girlfriend exchange terrified glances and just hightail it out of the front door. The British woman followed close behind and eventually the very polite man exited the house. It literally felt like the end of a horror movie where the survivor makes yeah. her final escape from the predators oh Man. my god do oh. you want the update for this story you're damn right i do I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat a couple months later a couple months later this guy has a break-in somebody who tries to break into his house okay he kills the guy oh with that revolver oh geez and then three days later while sitting on his front porch just has a heart attack and dies. Oh, wow. This has a <laughs> beginning, this has a middle, and this has two ends. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's the what? craziest fucking story. He linked me to the USA Today article oh about his death. Oh, So my crazy, man. God. That is... Yeah. What a fantastic Bananas mini-sode story. That is excellent. It, 
It is really, truly amazing. And also, like, being in someone's house. Always weird. Being, there's something so creepy about being in someone's house. Yes. I remember when I was like, there's, you know, I did this, this, uh, this story on This American Life way back, as you well know, about my yes. rum spring of time. Yes. When I just, for a month, slept with a lot of different people. It was wonderful. And that was the one thing that I always found fascinating. And I mentioned uh-huh. it in the This American Life piece of yes. seeing people's houses like someone you just met yes and then you like see their bedroom and like what they've chosen to put on their wall is always like fascinating to me yeah and you sometimes realize you have made a monstrous mistake um (laughs) based on just what their bed looks like it's also the thing and you well on your rumspringer you were really going for it and like on a one night (laughs) stand you knew me at that time oh yes i did i knew you before and i kind of knew you during and then i knew you again after but you were a man on a mission (laughs) And uh, but like a one night stand, if like if you met somebody at a bar, um, and then went home, like they didn't necessarily clean their house or make their bed or had like it's also weird when you walk into somebody's house and they weren't expecting to bring you home, and it's almost like a crime scene. You're like looking around, being like, yes. Okay, so there's food there. There's their medications on the nightstand. Uh, these sheets are discussed, and it. But then you know you. You, I guess, still go for it sometimes. You're committed. You're committed at that point. Also, if anyone is listening and doesn't know what I'm talking about, yes. I, a, really quickly, I was in a 13 year relationship. Yes. And we decided in order to figure out whether or not we we're going to get married, we were going to have sex with other people. So mm-hmm. for a month, which turned into three months, we kind of took a rum springer from our relationship and just we both had a bunch of sex and then came back and ended up breaking up. And, but, a, and a rum uh, springer is for Amish people when uh, kids turn 17 or something like that. They get a year to go live their life out, outside of Amish wow. country and do whatever they want and then decide if they're going to come back and become and stay with the Amish. Or So they go to New York, they go to cities, they go to Philadelphia, and they drink and they smoke and they, do, they have sex and they really lose their minds. And then most of them go back to the Amish I heard. Country. I heard most of them go back because it's essentially like they. You get cut off if you don't go back. Right. You are like, like your family won't speak to you and stuff like that. So it's a pretty big sacrifice. But we, man, those yeah. two years must be fucking crazy. Woo. Um. Yeah. So that is yeah. such a great story. I. I guess that that museum Graceland Two is probably gone. Um. One thing you might not yeah. have heard. I've spent a lot more time in the in the deep south, the southeast. Uh. Th- in a lot of southern homes, they have theme rooms. Like there'll be like a jungle room where there'll be a zebra chair and there'll be a tiger print sofa and there'll be and a lot of them have Elvis rooms. A lot of people have entire rooms that are Elvis themed. Like I have friends whose moms and they'll tell me, like my buddy Van going into his mom's house in Hattiesburg was like she's got to think for Elvis. One the living room is all Elvis and it was <laughs> It's crazy. I love that. Um, but also, yeah, in Graceland, he had a jungle room. Did, um, did you ever, Have you ever been to Graceland? I did. I like it. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I thought it was really fascinating. Cause, and Memphis is like an okay city. Memphis is like kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then when I went, like the, yeah. the barbecue's great. I love blues music. But it's just kind of a smaller city. Uh, yeah. But then Graceland's a great way to like do that and then go somewhere else. It's like, okay, <laughs> we did it. Um, we did I, it, baby. I want to with you. I think it's still uh, open in Denver. But Elvis's favorite sandwich—that thing that was called the um, Fool's Gold Loaf—do you know what that is? Yeah, <laughs> that eight thousand calorie is that the sandwich. peanut butter. Yes. The, is yeah. that the peanut butter bacon 
banana sandwich. Yeah, it was Sonny. a hollowed out loaf of bread with a whole jar of peanut butter, a whole jar of jelly, one pound of bacon, and then I think it was like baked or something. But uh, he once flew a wow. plane from Graceland to Denver to buy 22 of them and then flew back. So we got to do that, it. Man. We got to go get a fool's gold loaf, you and me, and just see I what we am, can do. I am in. Ugh. I do remember also the, like the whole idea of like being in a crazy person's house. When we first moved to L.A., Lauren and I, we had just driven cross country. Right. So we had everything in a Honda Civic, 2006 Honda <laughs> yeah, Civic. I remember that. Everything we owned, uh-huh. right? We didn't run no trailer. No. Been driving for like a week straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we finally get here. And we, it was an Airbnb. We got it from this woman. Her name was Emily. Okay. And on the Airbnb, she was like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> wonderful house, beautiful, and all these pictures of the house and everything. Okay. And then, uh, so we get there, and we knock on the door. And this guy answers the door who looks exactly like Andrew W.K. Okay. He's got like like a cross between Andrew W.K. and Anthony Kiedis. Yes. So like long hair, like maybe waist length. He's got white pants on. Yes. He seems really coked up. And he like rips the door open. We're like, hey, oh, uh, is Emily here? And and he's just like, no, she left. And I was like, okay, uh, well, we've rented her home on Airbnb. And he's just like, ugh, this is all he does. And then he just walks away from the door. Oh no! And so then we're like. And then we like are like, what do we do? We were like already frazzled from. We just drove yeah, like eight hours that day, and then we like wander and, and we're like, what do what do we do? And he's just like, that's her room. And so this woman had posted on Airbnb that she, oh my. we were renting a home. Yes, what we were renting was a room oh in god. a share house. Oh my god! And this, and then she had not told no. any of her other like five other roommates no. that she was renting out her room. Ugh, so everyone's so mad. Literally, we walk in. He's like, Emily rented her room on Airbnb. <laughs> like he's yelling at other roommates. And the roommates are like, "What the fuck?" And we're just like, guys, what, what? So we like move our stuff in. Oh boy. And I literally have to like, I have to like, I have a flat screen TV in the back seat, like our TV. So I have to like move a TV in to make sure nobody steals it. Oh my gosh. We're there. That night we're like, all right, let's go out. Let's go do something. Yeah, of course. And uh, it's our first night in LA and we're trying to get ready, but the door to the bathroom is closed and locked and there's two people in there. Okay. The water in the bathroom is on. It's two women, and one of them is just going. <laughs> and we're like going, like we have to, we have to oh. use the bathroom. And then this oh. is happening, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. It sounded like she was giving birth in the bathtub. Yes. So we're like, fuck this, and we leave. We leave. We go out for. Five hours, come okay. home drunk, okay. two, three in the morning. They are still in the bath. What? Door locked. <laughs> Water's still on. But now they're, it's just laughter. Oh. <laughs> There's no screaming. It's just oh like, <laughs> like crazy laughter. And then the next day, I contacted Airbnb. We got all, we moved out the next day, got oh all my our God. money back. I didn't know yeah, the story. I, for some reason, yeah, I didn't know that one. But that is so, I mean, that's like a little bit of hell. Also, that night, 
You guys could turn that into a that like that movie Game Night or whatever. That is one yes. night that just never. It's like Adventures in Babysitting. It just keeps going and getting worse mm-hmm. somehow. I love that yeah. story so much. Oh, well, you the you doing your shower orgasm moaning reminds me of a story that I'll tell after I do mine because that okay. you just reminded me of something. So oh, this great. one comes in from the great banana Sammy Palmer. I believe Sammy is Sammy. a lady. S A M I. Cute name, Sammy Palmer. Here we go. My family used to live in Park City, Utah. We lived on 10 acres of land and we had moose in our yards all the time. In our yard all the time. Moose. So, moose, sometimes fucking at all hours of the night with the motion detection <laughs> lights on as the spotlight. <laughs> That's already great. <clears throat> Anyways, back to the story. It was around 9 a.m. My little brother and sister were out in the yard playing on the grass. They are twins and two years old at the time. A moose came into my yard, and my little brother decided to go pet the moose. The moose picked him up in his mouth by his head, shook him around, and then ran away with him in his mouth. No. My little sister comes running in the house and tells my parents that, quote, the moose took Tyler... (laughs) At this point, my parents are like, what? The moose what? Took Tyler? Coming from a two-year-old, it might be a little confusing. And sure enough, he was nowhere to be seen. They went to look for him, and all his clothes were on top of all the bushes. The moose was so tall that the bushes were snagging his clothes off. Oh, my My God. This is a nightmare. (laughs) This is insane. My mom heard him crying and finally found him at the edge of our land, picked him up, took him to the hospital, and even though they went through multiple tests, they found all he had was bruising around his neck and six stitches on his toe. In the end, he wasn't really that hurt, and he said that, quote, the moose says he is really sorry, end quote. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) Little Tyler got carried by a moose. That is so... Because I can, I can, Mike, I can put myself in the, of course the shoes of those parents where a two-year-old is like, a moose took Tyler, and we're like, sure, okay. Yes. Like, I don't even know if I would go outside at that moment. Do you mm. know what I mean? I'd be like, sure, a moose took the child. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, if Olive said that, you'd be like, oh, of course, of course, absolutely. Moose, they exist. Yeah. Mooses are animals. What? I mean, I... <laughs> Just recently, I mean, she's three and a half. Just recently, she kept telling us that this little girl at school wouldn't play with her because of her jacket. Okay. And so she insisted on having a different jacket, and we were like, what's going on? Is this girl, like, bullying Olive? Yeah, sure. <laughs> we get to the door, and my wife tells the woman who at daycare who runs it, who's a great woman, yes. Susie, and we're like, is there something going on with this little girl? Is she bullying Olive? And, and Ms. Susie just goes, ah, uh, that's a quiet little girl. If anything, Olive is bullying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I mean, she didn't say if any, She didn't say that Olive was bullying her. But I mean, we're the we're implication like, oh, right. was Olive there. is yeah. the one like calling the shots around. Yeah, there. that's funny. How Olive's like three or something. Three and a half. Yeah, that know. they start lying around like two and a half, right? Like they start kind of making yeah. stuff up. Yeah, my. It's not even lies. It's that they. Their imaginations are so powerful that they often don't distinguish between oh. imagination and reality. That's interesting. Yeah, I yeah, I love that kind of thing. The, your story. So this story, and then you doing your moaning. Just it, you, you, you gave me a great memory. So Kristen Shaw, good. our good friend, got married mm-hmm. in the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Kurt, why don't you describe yep, that was uh, the your basis for the show? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you describe your uh, role in the wedding 
and your outfit. <laughs> I was I was the maid of honor. Uh, and so while we were in Edinburgh that year, the before they got married, yes. they got married, I think, in like October uh-huh. or September. That's right. Uh, so Edinburgh is August of every year, and we were like going pretty regularly. We bought uh, a full kilt, yes. full Scottish kilt, yes. like set up the whole great. thing. And then um, the- as... Like they wanted this to happen, but I, I think like my gift to them was to rent. Was it two? Two. Yes, it was two. Two rent two llamas. <laughs> yes, and then the llamas were part of the ceremony. <laughs> yes, and it was my job as be- as maid of honor to hold the llamas. Yes, during the ceremony, and the llama was wearing yeah. like a bow tie, and the other it was like it was basically from my uh, perspective, beautiful wedding. Also, by the way, it was yeah. Kristen and Rich in the middle, <clears throat> and then Kurt. And a llama on one side, and then who was on Rich's Scott, side? Scott Spizer? I think it was not Scott Spizer. Um, oh, yeah. Scott, who looked like. Yes. Looks like me. Jacobson. Uh, writer for Bob's Burgers. Scott Jacobson? Yes. Yes. So Scott Jacobson's holding a llama on the other side, and then the ring was brought in on an artificial bird we called Ruby um, by her Uncle Chuck, I believe. It was the most fun. It was the most Kristen Shaw wedding imaginable. Yeah. Anyways. Exactly. So I go... And for those who don't know, the Stanley Hotel is this beautiful hotel. It's where Stephen King stayed in 1973 in room 217. And he was so spooked from the wind and everything that he drives back to Boulder and writes The Shining, the classic movie. Uh, so I go and I check in. And the, my date at the time was one of those people that just hates all things horror. Didn't want to know what room was the infamous room. <laughs> and we are put in 219. We are put directly no, next right to, next door. So... Uh, I didn't say anything. She figured it out. And, uh, so we party, you, you know, we had a great time. You, you and I were at the same table. We had a wonderful time drinking and dancing as you do into the night. A lot of funny people there. Uh, I, it's high elevation. At some point I'm just so dehydrated. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I go to bed. I think that you and Brett Gelman and other people stay up. I don't know, but I, that's what I'm thinking. Cause I wake up in the middle of the night and hear, And I'm like, these guys are on drugs out by the pool. And um, so I pee, I go back to bed, and I just, I wake up in the morning, and you know this about me, like, I don't, I'm up early after drinking. Like, I, my hangovers don't hit, so I go down to the bar at like 9 a.m. to get a Bloody Mary, and it's not to drop names, not that it's a big one to drop, but it, the only two people there are me and John Oliver. And yeah. he's the nicest guy in the world. And so I ordered a Bloody Mary that has bacon in it, and I'm having the time of my life. And the bartender's like, how'd you guys sleep? And John's like, yeah, great, great, quite wonderful. And I go, I heard men yelling last night, and I think it was our wedding party, and I'm sorry. And he goes, what did it sound like? And I did a version of what I just did. It sounded like the women in the shower at your Airbnb. Um, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's just elks rutting. When elk, when male yep. elks have sex, they scream like men sometimes. <laughs> it's so crazy <laughs> so, sounding. So I'm in the most haunted room in the most haunted hotel <laughs> thinking men are screaming outside and it's just elks getting it on loudly in the, in the mountains. It's just echoing off the mountainside. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, the next day we went and I think you left. I but did. The next day it was like, it was like me and Kristen and Pete Holmes and Oren and Lauren. Uh-huh, that's right. And a bunch of us took mushrooms and then went for a walk, <laughs> a hike in Estes National Park, I yes, think it's called. Yes, yes. Or Colorado National Park. And we hiked up to this beautiful 
mountain lake, alpine lake. And at one point, and not before I get to the actual point of the story, we were all sitting on this rock on the edge of this lake. Sure. I'm tripping. I don't know if anybody else was. And then out of no- this duck from across the, <laughs> the lake starts swimming, like making a beeline for us. And and you're just very aware of things when you're on mushrooms, you know? Yes. So I was like, I was like, why is this, why is this duck coming right at us? Like, is this duck coming right at us? And he was just like really quick. He's going in between like little, yes. <laughs> little lily pads and everything. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Rich, this Kristen's husband just goes, he's a narc. He's a narc <laughs> and then he comes, he comes in and, it, and then Rich just goes, hey guys, you guys got any jazz cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't laughed for so long. Uh, anyway, so we're walking back down yes. and it's running season. And then we see two L. No way. And they're doing it. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is the fucking craziest noise. We couldn't stop laughing. And also it's like dangerous too. Like you're oh, not yeah. supposed to be around them oh, they're because huge. they they'll like rush you they're because it's all the, the whatever steroids not steroids uh <laughs> testosterone. Yeah, they're revved up Hormones. and for our international listeners who have never seen an elk, an elk is like the size of a horse with antlers, they're like sharp pointy deer antlers that are as big. I mean, they're as big as the hood of a car. 16 feet tall? Yeah, they're, 12, 13, 14 feet? Uh, they're huge. They're 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 the superheroes of the uh deer-looking world. I, yeah. Oh man, that was such a fun one. Yeah. Ah, that was a good These are good, good stories. Wedding. Thanks, every Bananimals. Keep these coming. For everybody who's got Stitcher Premium and is listening to these minisodes, keep DMing us. Keep emailing us. We'd love to hear your stories and share them. Um, God, those are two great ones, Kurt. Yeah, good job. Thanks, everybody. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.